0: Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and now they're offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20, to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for instant deposit matches up to 50 bucks. That's ThriveFantasy.com. Promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Sean Green's latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All for only $399. That's right, only $399. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean to get the new album. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean.
1: Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch we're only interested in underdogs who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset time to find out it's three dog thursday now here's your host tj reed
0: yes indeed welcome in everybody to our final show of october or the month of locktober great to be back with you even if i am disappointed That my Tampa Bay Rays were beaten on Tuesday night of this week in the World Series by the L.A. Dodgers. This game will be talked about for a long time in my area and in baseball circles because of the obvious controversial decision, number one, by Rays manager Kevin Cash to pull... The outstanding starting pitcher, Blake Snell, who seemed to be rolling along in a one nothing lead in the sixth inning because of the analytics, by-the-book tactics that the Rays have lived by. And on Tuesday night in Game 6, died by against the L.A. Dodgers. They took him out and put a relief pitcher in who gave up the lead. So, in any event... Uh, It's over. Credit the Dodgers for the win. And then controversy number two is obviously learning that Justin Turner, one of their top players, played the game while apparently COVID-19 positive. Uh, At the time that I am taping this for Three Dog Thursday, we don't know for sure, was it a false positive? Or does he in fact have coronavirus? And was he potentially infecting not only his team, but infecting the Tampa Bay Rays playing in the game? When he wasn't tested the day of the World Series game, they didn't even get the results from the Monday test on the off day in between the games and and have the controversy with his positive result until the middle of Game 6 on Tuesday night. It's crazy. It it has totally uh, thrown a, a complete dark cloud over the end of this World Series in particular because all of the safety protocols and guidelines were blown here, by Turner not only participating in the game, but participating in the postgame celebratory stuff for the Dodgers on the field while knowing that he is potentially and most likely positive for the virus and could be a super spreader all over the place without a mask on. So we're going to talk much more about that with our guests. So, uh, again, some baseball, some college football and NFL uh, as well with underdog predictions. All of that is forthcoming. Brian Edwards, our senior handicapper, MajorWager.com, Sports.com, and also Vegas Insider hangs out with us. He'll be handicapping college football straight ahead uh, with us. I'll also get Brian's thoughts on that crazy finish, Indiana and Penn State last week in Bloomington and the Big Ten's debut weekend, and the Big Ten already has COVID-19 problems. Uh, Folks, I I sat on this podcast uh, when the Big Ten reversed course back a month ago and decided now, okay, we are going to play, although we've now wasted the entire month of September and most of October because, and I, I will say it again, the presidents, the chancellors, the ones that were involved, very simply were arrogant fools about this. They, they believed out of their own arrogance that everybody was going to follow suit with them and fold and no one would play. Eh, wrong. Didn't happen. They were foolish in thinking that and further foolish in going ahead and doing it in early August as opposed to waiting to see what was going to happen in September and make the decision in September if it needed to be shut down or not. And now you have the Wisconsin Badgers... Uh, with their quarterback and several other players, including their coach, that are COVID positive after their first game with Illinois last week. And the Wisconsin-Nebraska game is off for this week, which we'll talk about a little bit more as the podcast goes on. But also, Wisconsin's early season is in jeopardy with these players not being able to play for the first two or three games because of this, because the Big Ten policy is 21 days per player from the time of the positive COVID test. So it may not just be the Nebraska game that is missed, but it might be the next couple of games uh, for Wisconsin. So what a mess uh, for the Big Ten, and we'll be talking about that. I want to say up front, too, we got to be better on the underdog picks. Man, was I awful with Pitt against Notre Dame. Uh, good gracious. Pat Narduzzi's team just absolutely no-showed. Backup quarterback or not, that Notre Dame team, is good, but but they're not blowout good on the road at Pitt like that. The way that the Panthers just rolled over, gave up the block punt late in the first half, let Ian Book do whatever he wanted, throwing and passing. Pitt's much better on defense. They played Miami so much tougher with the backup quarterback at Miami than they did Notre Dame. A Notre Dame team that only scored 12 points against Louisville the week before just rolled my double-figure underdog Pitt Panthers at home. So uh, they more than demonstrated they should have been a double-figure favorite uh, in that game. I chalked some of this up to, though, a a crazy 2020 season where we don't know what to think uh, about a lot of these games. They don't don't mesh. They don't make sense. You think you have things figured out. Arkansas was supposed to be horrible, and we're going to talk more about the Hogs with Brian Edwards and also in our roundtable with Brett Norsworthy out of Memphis, Tennessee, who's an Arkansas native. The Hogs look great right now. Sam Pittman, the first-year coach, was a uh, 1st coach, was being laughed at. Arkansas had not won a road game in the conference in two seasons. And they've already now pulled an upset with Mississippi State and, and pulled another upset with Ole Miss. And they're an underdog this week again with Texas A&M. You just don't know in this college football season with who's supposed to be good, who's not going to be good. Yes, we know about Clemson and Alabama and allegedly Ohio State. But beyond that... Uh, who, who's going to end up winning the Big 12? Uh, it, it is it is any one of about six teams, it looks like, right now that could end up winning that conference tournament or that conference championship game. Um, so anyway, we'll we'll talk more about this with our guests uh, as we go along when we're talking college football here on the program. I may mention Brian's going to be up first. Our YouTube roundtable will not only have Brett Norsworthy out of Memphis, Sports 56 WHBQ is the radio station. I uh, love Brett's insight. But also my buddy T.C. Martin out of Las Vegas, back on the show. The T.C. Martin Show is heard five days a week in Vegas, tcmartinshow.com. He was on scene watching Tom Brady and my Buccaneers bash the Las Vegas Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. No fans, but limited media were there. And the Bucks look fantastic right now. TC will testify to that. Uh, Brett and TC will have plenty of comments on the World Series, the pitching change controversy with Kevin Cash and Blake Snell, the COVID-19 positive test of Justin Turner, of the Dodgers, the ramifications of it. Um, At the time that we're taping Three Dog Thursday, the Dodgers and the Rays aren't allowed to leave Arlington, Texas right now because of their own COVID-19 testing of the rest of the teams and the travel parties before they return back to California and Florida, respectively. And the Dodgers aren't going to have any kind of a celebratory get-together parade or anything because of the lockdown status in California and the fact that one of their players has it and may have spread it to the rest of the organization. It's crazy. So anyway, uh, again, Brett and TC will be up on the YouTube roundtable. Find the video on YouTube. If you're only hearing us uh, through the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows, uh, through a social media link that you found us, if you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts for, for Three Dog Thursday, find the YouTube page. Search Three Dog Thursday on YouTube. Find the YouTube page. You'll see the video with Brett and TC and me mixing it up. On video, then Brian will be back late in the show to talk NFL football, and he's been on a roll five and two last week overall in the NFL, picking favorites, underdogs, under over totals, uh, etc. He likes an underdog uh, in the NFL. One of his one of his teams that he keeps going to, he likes them again as an underdog this week. We'll find out uh, who that is, and I've got an underdog prediction uh, as well uh, in the NFL. And uh, so much, so much. I mean, what's up with the Dallas Cowboys? Are are they going to end up just tanking and being horrific for the whole season with Andy Dalton now hurt after Dak Prescott's gone for the year? Dalton, the concussion on the awful hit by the Redskin DB, who should have been suspended, by the way, for hitting Dalton in the head and putting him out. Dalton not going to be able to play in the game, the Sunday night game with the Eagles this week uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Ben DiNucci is going to be the quarterback Anybody heard uh, from uh, uh, Kellen Moore? Can he still suit up the offensive coordinator and get out there and run a few plays if need be uh, for the Cowboys at Desperation Stage right now for Jerry's team, for Jarrah? Uh, we will see. Anyway, uh, my Bucks will be in New York for Monday Night Football, but we've got Steelers and Ravens this week, 49ers and Seahawks for this week. Uh, you know, the Chiefs off that blowout win. I did have the Broncos a week ago. They fell apart again. I've got to be better with the underdog picks. It is supposed to be October after all for the underdog picks here as part of three dog Thursday. So we'll get to that. We'll get to the underdog selections. Brian Edwards is coming up straight ahead. YouTube roundtable with Brett and TC joining me to mix it up on the world series and more hang in there with us as the show gets underway with underdogs flying every which direction. As promised, here he is, and it is the final time in October for those underdogs. Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider. Also, BrianEdwardsSports.com. Find him all over the web in any of those three places. Love his insight. He gave you Cincinnati Bearcats at SMU, a blowout win. He gave you Pittsburgh Steelers last week on this very podcast on Three Dog Thursday against the Titans. I know they had to hang on and, and Goskowski missed the field goal at the end, but it's still an outright win, much less a cover on Three Dog Thursday. Brian Edwards back with me, ready to deliver some more underdogs and more uh, prognostication here on the program. Good to have you, my friend.
2: What's going on, TJ? Your bucks are looking sharp. <laughs> Adnan Antonio, the Falcons are still giving up fourth quarter leads. My Gators are returning to action this week. Let's
0: so talk about it. Yeah, we got a lot to mix up about, uh, as I said, in the open to the show. We're we're still the hotbed, the epicenter, if you will, of what's going on with sports. A tough, raised defeat in the World Series at the hands of the Dodgers and all the controversy. We'll talk more on the Three Dog Thursday uh, roundtable, the YouTube roundtable, with Brett Norsworthy and T.C. Martin about the World Series game. But the baseball is over with uh, now. And so now we, we don't have the NBA and the NHL playing, Brian, which is which is typically what we would have in October. We're now locked in basically to football for the next couple of months, college and the NFL standing alone. Uh, so that's, that's pretty amazing here as this unfolds. All right, I want your take on the controversial end, Big Ten debut weekend last weekend, Indiana-Penn State. Most of the audience is probably aware of the crazy two-point conversion play that Indiana got uh, when Michael Penix, the quarterback, ran and dove and stretched the ball out to the pylon and the goal line. It looked like live he had scored. They kept showing replays, and replay review was the ball out of bounds before he got it across the pylon. Ultimately, they said the call stands. It is a two-point conversion. They win in the overtime and upset Penn State. Brian knows this. Uh, I don't know how much the audience knows this. First Indiana win against a top 10 team since Ronald Reagan was the president. Speaking of the presidential election next week, 1987 is the last time that Indiana beat a top 10 team, uh, beating Penn State. Uh, last week again a total different argument that I don't think Penn State belonged in the top 10 uh, just based on a preseason ranking when we've been playing football for six weeks that's a separate argument all right Brian to you on the controversy where do you come down on this I know it's been a few days but where do you come down on the ruling and letting it stand what did you think
2: so uh, very well uh, it's very interesting in my mind because uh, I was You know, the UFC fights were over in Abu Dhabi, so they were in the afternoon. So I had to go to a bar unless I wanted to pay 80 bucks to watch the fight. So (laughs) I was on my way back from the UFC fights, and my buddy in Lake Tahoe uh, had uh, Indiana, and he was, like, explaining, you know, what was going on to me as I was getting home. And right as I get home is when they're reviewing. And, I, I, you know, so I got it on, and I'm seeing the replay. And I'm like, well, what did they call on the field? And he said they called the conver- you know, touchdown or two-point conversion good. And I was like, well, man, that's so close. They're going to stick with whatever they call. That was just my thought. Right. And I've seen it. I mean, if you're a Penn State fan, I, you know, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought, like, it's so damn close, man. You almost just have to go to on the
0: field. And it's a phenomenal individual effort by Penix, and I'm not just saying that because he's a Mm, Tampa Bay mm. kid. A phenomenal effort that they initially rewarded with, yes, two-point play on that And the one argument I kept seeing Saturday night and Sunday as well, we've got still photos that the ball uh, appears to be out of bounds and you you can't see that it's over the pylon. Well, the problem is with any of those photos from the side, you can't see milliseconds, millimeters. You can't see if the ball is actually on the ground with the corner of the ball not inside the pylon. So you got to let the call stand. What is the call on the field? Let the call stand. And, And again, a great moment for Indiana uh, as they get that win in a crazy Big Ten season. I want to talk to you, though, about game management and strategy because we saw it not just with Penn State and James Franklin, but we saw it with your Falcons at the end of the Lions game. Run the clock yep. down. Run the clock out Penn State could have run the clock all the way down and kicked a field goal uh, and won the game and instead scored a touchdown that Indiana let them score And then Indiana comes to the other end and gets a touchdown and a two to force the overtime. The Atlanta game Sunday, they could have done the same thing. Run the clock all the way down against Mm. the Lions. Kick the field goal at the very end. I know I'm making you feel bad. And instead, Todd Gurley scores the touchdown. It opens the door for Stafford and the Lions to have a minute left to go down and get their touchdown. What about these coaches and clock management and understanding the touchdown isn't the most important thing here. Killing the clock is the most important thing, Brian.
2: All sorts of irony with all all, all a bunch of that stuff that we just hit on. A, Gurley has done that. No, it's done the right thing before and gone down and been called out on Twitter <laughs> by his <laughs> <Elizabeth laughs> another, another thing is Michael Penix as Alabama was wrapping up that. Of Tennessee, it was awfully ironic that Michael Penix is making you know that incredible play that'll make him a legend in Bloomington. When Butch Jones had a verbal commit from Michael Penix, and when Jeremy Pruitt got hired, he quit recruiting him. Um, Yeah. Oh, and then James Franklin. Okay, you know I've always said what James Franklin did at Vanderbilt will be marvelled at for decades, if not centuries, to come. But he's not that good of a, uh, a a clock managing time management type of guy. He's obviously a really good coach. He's one of the better recruiters in America, probably top five. And, and you know, again, what I said about his Vandy tenure, he's done a hell of a job at Penn State. But and and I don't know if that was on him or the running back. I, I don't know if it had been discussed what he was supposed to do, etc. But um, yeah, that 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 and what Gurley. Uh, did blew the Falcons
0: and Penn State the game. Yep, and now Penn State gets ready to host Godzilla for the Big Ten anyway. Ohio State, Saturday night, no fans in Happy Valley. So let's see uh, what that looks like, or if there are fans, it's going to be very few of them, Uh, not the 100,000 that you normally see with the whiteout uh, for that one. Also midweek at the time that we're taping here, Big Ten COVID-19 controversy. Here we go. I said this in the open of the show as somebody that was on the front end saying the Big Ten is stupid to have canceled in early August and waste all of their bye week opportunities, make up date opportunities to wait until the end of October and try to play eight straight games without an off week, without a week to play with before your championship game. Here it's Bidham already. The Wisconsin quarterback tested positive. There are numerous other players, including the coach Paul Christ, that now have it. Wisconsin is on hold. They can't play Nebraska. That game probably won't be played. And now you're going to have an odd number of games for Nebraska and Wisconsin to deal with. Here we go with it biting the Big Ten right away, Brian. Give me a quick thought before we pick some games in college for underdog purposes.
2: Yeah, well, obviously the Big Ten has just done a cluster with, with all of this. And, uh, you know, for Wisconsin, I mean, what an effort from Graham Mertz, who was a very highly sought recruit and, and was a, a real get for Paul Chris and his staff from out of the Kansas City area. He goes 20 of 21, 248, five touchdowns and no interceptions. And, look, Jack Cone, who had, was a starter every game last year and parts of the, other, the season prior, 18 – um, you know he's out indefinitely with a foot injury and now the um, third string guy Chase Wolf has also tested positive for COVID and this ridiculously excessive Big Ten protocol of 21 days out means Wolf and Merck's are out for 21 days and so well, well, I guess fortunately for them they're not gonna have to play in Nebraska but when they do come back and have their next two games, it's going to be Danny Vandenboom, former walk-on, six foot five junior. He's thrown one career pass in 2018, and it went for a touchdown.
0: <laughs> so, good luck, and they're going to have to scramble. And again, you may have odd number of games from different teams and may have to go by winning percentage at, at the end here, but it doesn't bode well for the Big Ten on that. All right, let's move on TJ, to...
2: can I spend one more... Sure. Can I fit one more thing about Merck's in and yeah. you can go to my article on Major Wager and check it out. Not only did he have those six stats I brought up, on the only highlight of the game for Illinois when they got a scoop and score touchdown, this DB is sprinting at Graham Merch you know, trying to get up. Everybody wants to get a block in on the quarterback on a, a pick six or a scoop and score. And Merch sees him coming and backtracks and does the hitting on him and knocks him on his ass and his helmet goes flying.
0: <laughs> so you like the toughness out of the QB as well as Absolutely. the stats and the and the uh, the stuff that he's doing. All right, so uh, again, we're here about underdogs. Uh, this man uh, came through with uh, with Cincinnati. I, I again say I, I I don't know what happened to the Pitt Panthers. Were they playing with eight guys against Notre Dame? I didn't get to see a lot of that game because I was traveling back after the Louisville blowout of Florida State that I worked on national radio uh, last weekend. But uh, that uh, that's on me that I thought Pitt would be a lot better even with a backup quarterback at home than when it turned out they were destroyed by Notre Dame. So I, I got a bow to you. Where do you want to begin here for Three Dog Thursday? You definitely get priority on helping the audience find a college football underdog. Go for it.
2: All right, I like Boston College again. I mean, they're four and two both straight up and against the spread. Uh, just they put it on Georgia Tech early and often uh, last week. Now in their last 26 games as underdogs, they're 19-6 and 1 ATS with 12 outright victories. Um, They're 3-1 and against the spread with two outright wins and four underdog spots this year. And Clemson's defense is banged up. Senior middle linebacker James Skalski, who Dabo says is the heart and soul of our defense. He had 105 tackles last year. Uh, He is out for several weeks. And Tyler Davis, our sophomore defensive tackle, who uh, was first-team All-ACC last year, he is very questionable, along with linebacker Mike Jones. And I like Boston College even before I knew about those injuries. And I made Clemson a 25-point favorite. So I like BC plus 31 31 and a half. And one other one that I, for some reason, forgot to tell you, pre-show. I'm also on Arkansas uh, anywhere from plus 12 to 12 and a half. As we're recording on Wednesday, they're 4-0 against the spread. I think they should be 3-1 straight up. I thought they got robbed against Auburn. Felipe Franks is playing well, 8-3 to TDI and T-ratio. So I'm going to go with Boston College and Arkansas, both as double-digit dogs on Saturday.
0: Mm, so he likes two different underdogs uh, that are double-digit underdogs in this instance. And Boston College has paid off for you and for me. The only thing that concerns me, Brian, is the the Clemson uh, kind of malaise last week with Syracuse. I love Dabo Sweeney coming in after a 20-plus point win and saying, am I in the wrong press conference that you guys are now throwing rocks at us after we won 47-21 to <laughs> or whatever it was last week? So we'll see if they come out more motivated, but maybe BC can hang in. Uh, as well i like another game at noon in the big 12 Uh, and again i'm kind of doing the same thing i did last week and maybe i'm in trouble here i'm going with kansas state at west virginia despite having to go with a backup quarterback will howard is his name they boat raced kansas in the rivalry game uh, in the sunflower state there Last week, this ain't Kansas, this is West Virginia at West Virginia, but still, uh, Chris Kleiman, the coach, is is 2-0 and this year as an underdog, is 8-2 and all time, uh, either home or away as an underdog. I, I know West Virginia is better at home, but I like K-State here getting the 3.5 early game in the Big 12 in Morgantown. I will take that as an underdog, Brian.
2: I agree completely, and just anytime you see a plus next next to K State's name in the last decade and change, uh, it's a good idea. In fact, K State going way back, 39 games as a road underdog since beating, or I'm sorry, since covering at Oklahoma in 2009. Since then, 30 and nine against the spread as a road dog, and going back even further, last 71 as an underdog, home, away, or neutral K State. 50 and 21 against the number.
0: And a lot of that, again, is Bill Snyder. I realize that, but they've been good even recently as the sure. uh, as the doggy. So let's see if that does continue. I will go with a second college underdog this week that I like. I saw Malik Cunningham and those Louisville Cardinals just dice up Florida State last week. Uh, I know they had lost four games in a row. Uh, including losing the primetime game that I got the privilege of working against Miami on national radio uh, back at the beginning of September. That started a four game losing streak. But man, they didn't look like a team hanging their head Saturday. They scored four straight touchdowns the first four times they had the ball on the Seminoles. And Malik Cunningham dual threat running it or throwing it. Two two Atwell, an explosive receiver. They get Virginia Tech at home. I know the hokies are good. I'm getting points at home. I like Louisville to win the game anyway with that offense that can that can strike. Uh quickly, I don't think I don't think Virginia Tech's going to be able to hold them down. I think Louisville wins the game. I'll take the point. So I'm taking a second doggy as well uh there in the ACC uh, for this matchup. Uh, any other college thoughts? I mentioned Ohio State uh in the matchup with Penn State. I'll be working this week the primetime Alabama Mississippi State game, they're abandoning on Mike Leach. There are players looking to transfer. What is it, Kylan Hill, the running back, wants to opt out now and just get ready for the NFL. This could be a 40- or 50-point Alabama win, maybe on Saturday. And Leach, for all of the honeymoon on beating LSU and how great of a hire, he's taking it on the chin right now in the SEC, and this may be a long night in Tuscaloosa.
2: Uh, Just two remarks. One, what a pleasure it must have been to watch that game in Louisville last Saturday. And two, (laughs) do not look to take Vandy as an underdog this week.
0: Yeah, Vandy, Vandy either uh, on that. Okay, all right. So do we'll, not. Do not. Yeah, do stay not away from them. Stay away from them against Ole Miss because Lane Kiffin's mad at the refs. Uh, and who isn't mad at the SEC refs right now? All right, so there we go. Brian, stand by. We've got our YouTube roundtable with T.C. Martin and Brett Norsworthy coming up. Brian will be back to pick NFL underdogs, talk a little pro football where he's been rolling along later on in the show. All of that as we still continue here on Three Dog Thursday. But first, let's talk about our friends at MyBookie.ag. Winning season is here. and That means with the NFL in full swing, it's your chance to win big. Plus, in college football, as we've already been alluding to, the Big Ten is back. The Pac-12 won't be far behind to join the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. There's nothing sweeter than watching your team cash in and putting cash in your pocket through mybookie.ag. And whether you're a first-time player, a veteran of the game, taking the underdogs, etc. You can sign up right now and get a free $20 wager with SGP20, the promo code. That's right, our promo code is SGP20. And on your initial deposit with MyBookie, you get a free $20 wager. Nothing beats all of the action of college football and the NFL on the weekends. You can get free money with MyBookie from us and bet on anything from the NFL, college football, the election, All of it. It's winning season, baby, and it's all happening at MyBookie. So check them out right now, MyBookie.ag. Remember, our promo code is SGP20. Get a free wager if you're a first-time user signing up. Free $20 wager with the promo code SGP20. You bet, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. All right, sports fans. Also, don't forget to grab the brand new album from our buddy Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. His comedy album is out. This loss hurts us all. It's only $3.99. It's going to be highly entertaining and worth your while to laugh along with Sean, particularly because he's such a diehard Eagles fan. This comes from he and his dad and their long love-hate relationship with the Philly teams, especially the Eagles. His dad would oftentimes, when they had a tough loss, use the Phrase this loss hurts us all. And that's where the comedy album comes from. The album uh is available right now online at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. It's available right there, sports slash Sean. S-E-A-N, spell his name, just three ninety-nine for the album. This loss hurts us all is hilarious. You're gonna love it. Go get it at sports gambling slash Sean. And we're also brought to you in part by our friends at Thrive Fantasy. Great response right now from everybody involved with the Sports Gambling Podcast, the website sportsgamblingpodcast.com, Sports Gambling Podcast Networks of shows like this one, uh, as well as the College Experience uh, and all the other shows that are there. You guys are stepping up big with Thrive Fantasy. So again, they are thrilled and they want you to know that they are the daily fantasy game that has player props. That's how they are different. You can eliminate the countless hours Hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes. In the NFL, you choose 10 of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. So take advantage of that right now with Thrive Fantasy. Uh, For example, I'm looking at a couple of ones I really like in that Cleveland Raiders game. Jarvis Landry is going to be counted on more with OBJ out with the knee injury. Landry a a, uh, .5 on receiving touchdowns. Will he get one in the game to go over that total of .5? I like that for Landry in the early Sunday game with the Raiders. I also like Phillip Rivers in the early game to have at least 23 completions on the under-over of 22.5 on Thrive Fantasy Rivers and the Colts going against the Detroit Lions. And we will also be talking more as the show goes on um, about a couple of different games, including the Steelers against the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews, the tight end of the Ravens. Will he have under or over 58 receiving yards against that excellent Pittsburgh D? The the one that stuffed Green uh, uh, Cleveland back a couple of weeks ago and had Tennessee on the ropes for a lot of that game. I don't know that Andrews gets to 58 receiving yards in that game against Pittsburgh. Again, these are examples of the player props that are available with Thrive Fantasy. That is how they are different. So again, check out each prop that's assigned for the value on the over-under. Make your 10 selections out of the 20 available and you've got a chance to win 50 grand in guaranteed prizes every week. Thrive Fantasy has already awarded over 1.6 million dollars this year in cash prizes alone. Use our promo code SGP if you're signing up for the first time and you get an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit. So download the Thrive Fantasy app in the App Store or the Play Store. Go to thrivefantasy.com to see the rules, the regulations, You want to sign up, you want to prop up today, use our promo code SGP and get up to $50 on the initial match with Thrive Fantasy. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more.
1: The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves.
0: We are back in on Three Dog Thursday, another video roundtable edition, and I've got a couple of my faves back on the panel. Let's say hello in Las Vegas. You hear him five days a week on the T.C. Martin Show, tcmartinshow.com, and he's even expanding. They can't get enough of him in Vegas. He's expanding to a two-hour weekday afternoon show starting this Monday, Too Cold, T.C. Martin, initials brother from another mother. How you feeling?
3: T.J. Reeves, always great to be with you, my man. Uh, my man about in Tampa. And we have this uh, strong debate. Here. What is the epicenter of sports? <laughs> well, currently, we know, and it always has been, Las Vegas. It's not Tampa anymore, <laughs> Kevin Cash,
0: okay? <laughs> we'll get into that. I still am uh, am rocking the epicenter hats of the Rays. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who last I checked rolled into Vegas and conquered the Raiders last weekend. We'll get to that. Brett Norsworthy is with me, AKA Stats. He and Dave Woloshin, my longtime radio buddies and colleagues in Memphis, Tennessee. Woloshin and Stats have been killing it on the airwaves there for about two decades. Stats, good to have you, brother. Great to be with y'all, and great always to be
1: in the two sin cities, Tampa, St. Pete, and Vegas.
0: (laughs) I don't know how we rank uh, on that. All right, let's get right in at the time that we're talking. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers are in order. I didn't know when we lined this up to tape this if we would be talking about a Game 7 or if we would be talking about a Dodgers championship, but here it is. We're seeing it on screen, and again, if you're not seeing us, find us on the YouTube page. If you're only hearing us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we're showing video on the YouTube roundtable. There it is. The Dodgers got the final outs last night in a 3-1 win to win game number six of the best of seven and win their first baseball world championship since 1988. Oral Hershiser and company winning it in 1988. So the Dodgers are the champs. I'll bring it back now on the screen to our panel and start with uh, – let's go with Brett first in, in Memphis. Um, your thoughts here on the Dodgers getting it done.
1: Altogether now, Dodgers win it for the first time since 1988. I think everybody's had that note, 32 years. And last time it was Oral Hershiser as the hero. And this time Clayton Kershaw was probably the hero pitching. I don't know the answer to this, but when was the last time – a pitcher with a single-digit number was on the mound to close out the World Series because I can't stand that. I can't stand pitchers (laughs) with single-digit numbers. And there were a bunch of them last night with Snell and Urias closing it out for the Dodgers. But congrats to the Dodgers. They make the 14th different champion in the 21st century. The Nats got in the club last year. The Dodgers get their first one in the 21st century. And you'd have to say the Rays would be the leaders in the clubhouse to be number 15 this time next year. DJ, well, can if, I ask Brett yeah. that
3: would he rather see a punter on the mound or an offensive lineman?
0: <laughs> well, i would rather see a punter he uh <laughs> he's big on like a punter should not be wearing 68 or whatever exactly. he's big on agree. the numbers. And that's
3: my point exactly and, a punter wearing a the, single digit or offensive lineman with these pitchers numbers i mean how many offensive linemen have we seen on the mound wearing the 60s and the 70s even the 80s i'm with you my man i'm yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm there
1: tc and yeah. i can't stand in college to see the littlest guy out there kicking and wearing like number 94
0: <laughs> yeah, which, which happens a lot uh, in college. All right, let's continue on the baseball theme because there is a lot of outrage in the Tampa Bay area about Blake Snell, the starting pitcher, having been pulled. We're going to get into the whole thing. I want to show you Nostradamus T.C. Martin from last night with the way Snell was pitching. And there had been a lot of talk. He's only going to go six innings because this is what they normally do. But my man T.C. put this up after the fourth inning last night. We're seeing it again on the YouTube uh, video of our conversation that with nine strikeouts through four innings, don't screw it up. Well, that is in fact what Kevin Cash ended up doing because he promptly went out to the mound after one batter in the sixth inning. And there is the indelible image of Blake Snell being pulled from the game despite only allowing two hits and having, what, 10 or 11 strikeouts at that point. Took him out of the game, the whole by the analytic Bible mentality for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. We'll come back here on the screen to TC. All right, it's on a platter. Go ahead.
3: You know, I've never been a Kevin Cash fan. I've never been a Joe Madden fan. And we talk about this all the time about these managers who try to overthink and outsmart the opponent. And all they do is they outsmart themselves. And what? again, it was predictable. We knew this was going to happen. As a betting guy, like I am, and many of us here in Las Vegas, even you guys out there, I was afraid to bet on the Rays last night, but I said the Dodgers are going to go bullpen game. That doesn't work. Okay. It, it's not going to work for the Dodgers. And I, and the way Snell pitched uh, earlier on in the series, I said, you know, in game two, I said, this is going to be a great night for Snell. And then we saw that right from the get go. I mean, just rolled through batters one through four. Oh, for eight bets, Seeger Turner, seven strikeouts. Are you kidding me? But when they kept leaving runners on base in the first few innings, said this, it, something bad is going to happen here. And as they, uh, the Dodgers hang close, and if, if it's only a one nothing game, you know Kevin Cash could come back to haunt Rays fans. And sure enough, it happened. Call it a broken bat single, a little looper, your number nine hitter from Barnes. He gets on immediately. Cash goes out and marches right to the mound. This is what infuriated me. No conversation like my guy Dusty Baker did and did with Zach Greinke, which we saw a couple weeks ago. But just immediately hook, bring him in, and that Tampa Bay bullpen, I don't care your flamethrowers. Bottom line is biggest game of their lives. They're young. I'm going to say it. They were pissing their pants. The Dodgers were going to be elated. The Dodgers were going to be elated the moment they saw
0: Blake Snell exit. They said that after the game. Bellinger said it. Betts said it. They were thrilled that they were taking Snell out of the game. So we knew it was going
3: to happen. We knew this was bound to happen. There's no way in the world that Cash was going to let his guy continue on in a loser-leave-town match like this was. You have to go with your ace and you ride this man until his arm falls off. That's what's infuriating 73 pitches. And here's the thing that really got me as I'm, as I'm listening to Blake Snell and Kevin Cash in the post game press conference, Kevin Cash said, I did not want bet specifically in the top of the order to see Snell again. What does that tell his pitcher? What does that tell your team? It says, I don't trust you. I don't trust my own guy. I trust the opposition more than I trust my guy. How can you or believe trust, in that
0: manager? How can you play
3: for that right. manager? That's insane.
0: I, I trust the analytics Bible, if you will, more than I trust you. That who's too, but the, but the underlying or. message here,
3: is yeah. I trust their guys more than I trust my own guy. That's okay.
0: ludicrous. All right, Brett Norsworthy, sound off. The stage is yours.
3: You just have to wonder when will the Rays
1: get this close again because if they don't win it in the short sprint year, then you have to feel like next year or whenever we get back to normal that the Yankees and the Red Sox, that their money and that their power, that they will catch the Rays in the end. And for Kevin Cash, you live by the sword and you die by it. And and TC's right. I mean, it just felt like he would die by it. And for Blake Schnell, who really didn't want to to play this year, then when he did, he was, he was really good. But his manager wouldn't leave him out there in the most important time of the year. You felt the bloop and the blast coming, and the Dodgers batters had to be doing handstands to get him out of there. There's no way, it doesn't matter who they bring in, they could not have the stuff that Snell had.
0: I would agree. All right, so there's several points that need to be made. First of all, the Rays live by this. They swear by it. It is an organizational thing from their GM, from all the way down from the top, from their president, Matt Silverman, to the GM, Eric Neander. They swear by the analytics. They swear by the stuff. It should be noted, Snell, the third time through the order, the batting average goes up like 300 points. The ERA goes up like six runs. We know that. The second point about this, though – is it is, as Brett said, game six, T.C. said it too, elimination game. He's only thrown 73 pitches, and it and is all winner do, rest. Do, do or die. And so we already saw examples where they kind of eschewed the book, a try to steal of home, which the analytic heads go absolutely crazy on. Don't ever steal a base, much less try to steal home. We saw Dave Roberts earlier in the series do a double steal which, again, according to the Gospels, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of the Analytics Bible don't ever do a double steal. So these guys kind of do some things by feel, take a chance. Here's the point I come back to. I want both of your comments. If Snell stays in and the Dodgers light him up, is there much criticism on this day after the Dodgers' World Series win, or do you just tip the hat, figure it'll be the Dodgers, and say they were better when Snell was rolling along, that's my, that's my comeback. I don't think very many people would have complained if you leave him in and then he gets lit up. What are your thoughts? TC, go first.
3: Yeah, definitely. You, you tip your hat to the Dodgers, but I can firmly believe that that wasn't going to happen. How many times – I'll use this example. How many times have we seen a guy, an obscure guy, get a no-hitter and it just happens to be his night and he's rolling along, okay? You have to play this by the eye test. You have to. And everything lined up, nine strikeouts through, through, through four innings, okay? One hit, no runs, rolling through and dominating.
0: Yeah, obviously. Oil, like said,
3: rolling, yes. That's what you go by. You do not go by the binder. You don't go by the book. You throw all that out the window because, again, this is what's happening on this night. And as we know, anything can happen in baseball. This could have been that magical night. And as we see with only 73 pitches, through, you know, five and a third or whatever it was, he probably could have went the distance if he wanted to and Snell is your best option better than anybody else the Rays had in that bullpen. End of story. Yeah.
0: Plain and and Brett, Go ahead. Next.
1: TC's right about kind of that out of nowhere, no hitter. I mean, who, who, he wasn't going to have a no hitter, but who knows if he doesn't scatter three hits and have a strikeout or a, a shutout, and he's like a Dallas Braden type performance and the, in the book. I don't want to be anti-science. I don't want to be anti-sabermetrics. Uh, I don't want to be anti-analytics. But you've got to leave that field manager, that man in the dugout, with some wiggle room to play something by the gut. Because the two teams that are most sabermetrics, analytics, Billy Bean kind of started it with Oakland. And I think now out of the Tampa sh- shop, first with Andrew Friedman, now now the, the group now, what, what if either one of them ever won by? It? I mean, right. I know Brad Pitt played, played Billy Bean, but <laughs> Billy Bean's not ever going to see the Hall of Fame from, from winning anything. They, they never make noise in the postseason. And I'm afraid for the Rays, this might be the last best chance that they had.
0: that's the whole point. You were right there on the cusp, and you may not get back there. You never know if you're going to get back there in a game six. And it should also be noted, the reliever they went to, Ryan Anderson, by that book, by that analytic book, had given up a run in each of his last six postseason starts, including a couple of them in the World Series, and yet you're operating by the book and not by feel. Let's put him in there to give up, yeah, burn the book. Uh, on that. So the, the Rays fans are not happy. All right. I promise we're going to move off of baseball in a moment. Get to the football, the college and the NFL. You're hearing Brett Norsworthy uh, stats. He's at Brett Norsworthy on Twitter stats. Wolo and stats are on weekdays afternoons in Memphis, Tennessee uh, on sports 56 WHBQ, the station there TC Martin on five days a week in Las Vegas, TCMartinShow.com, uh, expanding to two hours coming Monday through Friday in Vegas. I love uh, their insight. Another subject on this, and it was a bombshell at the end of the game, where Fox uh, and Kevin Burkhardt suddenly reported, oh, by the way, we've learned that Justin Turner of the Dodgers, their power-hitting first baseman, tested positive for COVID-19 and was playing in the game on Tuesday night in game six before being pulled. And as we see with the photo on the screen on the YouTube roundtable, was clearly participating in the post-game celebration, not social distancing, no mask on, holding the trophy that they're all holding, kissing his, I don't know if it was his girlfriend or wife. Uh, he's around all the players without a mask on. This was like COVID guideline anarchy after the game. There is my setup. Brett, I give it to you first. Your reaction to all of this, because it was a nightmare that unfolded right after this was done.
1: And that photo you have of him by the skipper, by Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts, a cancer survivor who you know could very much be immunocompromised. Look, it, it was a PR disaster for baseball. But doesn't baseball always seem to find the worst-case scenario for PR disasters? Everything that happened from Snell coming out of the rest for the rest of the game almost was a PR disaster for baseball right down to Rob Manfred being booed by the 8,000 fans that were there. And, that, and they were right to boo him because nobody has done more destruction to his sport than the person that's the commissioner of the sport when he was trying to hand out, as he called it, that piece of metal. He, he called the commissioner's trophy only a piece of metal. But it, it, it was a bad look for Justin Turner But far as far as making people possibly being ill or – or, you know, heaven forbid, uh, a, a fatality, we're at 2.57% fatalities in the United States of people that get the virus. So I don't think Justin Turner should be treated like he's Charles Manson.
0: Well, that's true. But by the same token, for all of the concerns and the sequestering and all of this, to find the out, T.C., that, sure, that he played and, and, and in the game. This-
1: a lot of this is PR and optics, but sure. I do it at a consideration of others. Sure. And for Justin Turner, it did look bad.
0: And and the concern also is not only for your team, but for the guys you're playing against, everybody that you're around, and now they are gonna potentially go and spread. Anyway, those are my opinions. TC, you have the floor for a moment before we move on to football. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I think when you look at the big picture here, the way this baseball season has gone in, in sports in general, a lot of it is uh, hypocrisy. Uh, there hasn't been any social distancing whatsoever. Remember when everything came out in the beginning, it was like, okay, uh, pitchers and uh, bench players are going to be sitting in the stands and that hasn't happened. Uh, there's not going to be any high fives. There's not going to be fist bumps. And we, we saw that ba- basically everybody has disregarded everything. And there are a lot of people that feel, especially when you get in the heat of the moment of baseball, that, that COVID is, is, is it halftime now or COVID could possibly be over people uh, and athletes think that way, or they think they are above this, uh, uh, if you look at that picture, no one is wearing their mask because no one wants to have a picture uh, with the trophy, with the mask that they're going to look back at for years to come. So, hey, guys, take off the mask, whatever. It is mind-boggling that they take Turner out as a as a precaution after they got right. the, the the positive test back. And then I didn't see him, and I was wondering what's going on here immediately. Then they bring him back out because he's adamant about wanting to join the celebration. And then when they are sitting there no one has a mask on so for me I want to see what was this a false positive which we've seen so many you know and I want to see now we don't want to see anybody else you know you know catch this or get this or have him you know uh, with contact tracing or whatever but what I understand the Dodgers are supposed to test everybody afterwards and let's see how many people come back how many Dodgers come back with this but uh, it's just, yeah, I agree with Brett, everything you're saying. It's just a bad PR move for baseball. And let's be honest, we're not taking it seriously.
0: Okay, and two other points. Number one, how, how and why were they not testing every day, especially on game days? At the World and Series.
2: Not, at the World Series
0: with only two teams. The NFL, for example, okay. is testing every team every day, including on game day and getting the results. And that's 32 teams. The Alabama second...
1: has a better operation of <laughs> testing than Major League Baseball.
0: <laughs> and the second uh, part of this is how in the world does the lab on a Monday morning test just get back during the game? And An out-of-state lab in Utah is literally contacting Major League Baseball during the game long about 9 Eastern time and saying there is a problem. We've got to rerun his B sample how is that possible? It's baseball. That that's yeah, how. I guess. I guess that's how we sum it up. So the fallout will continue from all of this, and it's self-inflicted for MLB at the end, tainting uh, the celebration, at least anyway, of their World Series. Okay, so let's move on. Um, I, I will get the privileges I made mention earlier, in this Three Dog Thursday podcast of working Alabama and Mississippi State on national radio, and that will be coming on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa when last we saw the Tide. Uh, They were very impressive against rival Tennessee in another blowout win. They did lose Jalen Waddell, one of their star wide receivers, but that guy, Najee Harris, uh, Najee Harris has been tremendous for them. Had three more touchdowns in the win over Tennessee. Alabama looks the part of a national championship contender. Um, I don't think they'll get much of a threat from Mississippi State, but Brett, I'll, I'll come to you first. Uh, here as we come back on screen, give me a thought here about how Alabama looks, the SEC, etc. Just real quick.
1: Well, Alabama's clearly at the top of the SEC, and I don't think the SEC is anywhere near vintage this year. And I don't know that this is a vintage Alabama team. If they end up winning it, it may be Coach Nick Saban's least best national champion team. But that's a little bit like the guy that finishes last in med school; he's still going to be doctor, and they'll still be national champion if they. They win it. I think they've got a lot of work to do, though, with Clemson and potentially Ohio State in the college football playoff. I don't know who would be in their fourth. I don't know if Notre Dame is is that good or not. But how about this for your game notes? Three straight games, Alabama has passed on the same number for 417 yards in three straight games. That's almost impossible to do. There were years under Gene Stallings, they didn't throw for 417 yards in a month. And now yeah. Mac Jones has done it right on that number for three straight. And Mississippi State's got a lot of problems, the, the the defection of Kylan Hill. And really, since the opening game down at Baton Rouge, it's been tough sledding for the Pirates.
0: Yeah, Mike Leach has got it going sideways right now. i got to try to write the ship for that game Saturday night. We'll have it on Compass Media Networks. Tiki Barber and I will call it. Uh, TC, we know uh, LSU plays Auburn this weekend. Ohio State, Penn State, big game, obviously, in primetime as well. We know the Big Ten, at the time we're taping this, has a controversy already with Wisconsin having to stop their practices. Their game with Nebraska is off due to COVID-19. Give me a college football thought, if you would, just here real quick, TC?
3: Yeah. um, You know, as far as Alabama goes, I love, I love this team and, you know, give Nick Saban a lot of credit because he has really changed. He, you know, he has one of those, he's one of those few coaches that has adapted, you know, uh, like Brett said, being able to go through the air. That was not Nick Saban, you know, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, But Alabama's a machine really for me. It's Alabama, Clemson. I still haven't seen enough of Ohio State. I can't put much credence into that blowout victory over Nebraska last week. And, again, Ohio State's really not going to be tested week in and week out. So, for me, it's Alabama, Clemson, uh, those two, and everybody else. So, uh, uh, again, in what you said about Mississippi State, they shocked me uh, when they beat LSU. But, again, you know, we've seen a lot of problems there uh, in Starkville for Mississippi State I think you're going to be calling a blowout my friend so make sure you got some plenty of uh, stories to, to yeah, go yeah, to and have some third third blowout fourth material
0: one one thing for sure is the SEC defenses have now figured out Mike Leach he's got to adjust to the adjustments cuz the the right. pass yardage and the points way way down if they can figure it out or not And, of course, Penn State off the dramatic loss. We don't have the time here to go into all of the overtime chaos and the great dive by the quarterback, who's a Tampa bred. He's a Tampa high school product, Michael Penix of Indiana, who dove with the ball, got the touchdown, got the two-point conversion uh, in that instance. And um, as it turns out, that's a Penn State loss that they now have to overcome. And oh, goody, host Ohio State on Saturday night. So we'll see how that game goes in prime time. We'll make a couple of underdog predictions before we're done. You're hearing TC Martin. Follow him at TC Martin21 on Twitter out of Las Vegas, at TC Martin21. Follow Brett Norsworthy, at Brett Norsworthy on social media. And again, these guys are on five days a week in Vegas and in Memphis, Tennessee, my hometown, respectively. Speaking of Vegas, TC, I'll share the screen once more. Let's talk NFL briefly. You were there for Tom Brady and my Buccaneers, B U C C A N E E R S, go Bucks, <laughs> uh, there in Vegas. I was on with you earlier this week. Repeat what you said for our audience on Three Dog Thursday about that Brady performance in in your presence there at the Vegas New Stadium. What did you say and what did you see?
3: It was one of the most uh, magnificent uh, performances by Tom Brady. And I know this was not a playoff game. It was not a Super Bowl. But just the way Brady performed with the precision and the leadership. I mean, 33 for 45, 369 yards, four passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. It was vintage Brady. And I really love what I'm seeing with Tom Brady, uh, the way you know him and Gronk have, have now reconnected. And it seems like – Brady and that offense, along with Arians, it's getting better and better each week. Uh, flawless performance against the Packers two weeks ago. Another flawless performance against the Raiders. Sure, the Raiders are, you know, are banged up on defense, but the bottom line was Brady did whatever he wanted to do. And it was just marvelous to be able to see Tom Brady in person at age 43 uh, conduct a pure clinic the way he did it.
0: Yeah, he did. And, again, it's October. They haven't won the division. It's not a playoff situation. But they look good right now in the NFL stage. And the Steelers look good. I mean, there there are several teams. The Chiefs, obviously, are the Chiefs. Yeah, so, I mean, and Kansas City and the Buccaneers to play in November. CBS will show it all over the country with Jim Nance and Tony Romo coming uh, in November from Tampa. Stand by for that. Buccaneers will be on Monday night football coming this Monday night with the Giants. They're a double-figure favorite, by the way, against the Giants on Monday night on the road at the Meadowlands. All right, so that kind of leads us into a couple of underdog predictions as we wrap up the YouTube roundtable. Brett, to you first, do you have a college underdog? We are we are college uh, and, and pro football themed, but you're a big college football guy. Do you have a college underdog? As I scroll up and down on the screen with the doggies, do you have one that you like uh, this week for three-dog yeah,
1: Thursday? I'm going to go 6.30 Central time Saturday night. And I saw him in person when Ole Miss went up to Fayetteville. And maybe the early SEC coach of the year might be Sam Pittman at Arkansas. And for sure, the coordinator of the year is probably on the defensive side, Barry Odom. The plan he had for Ole Miss, the plan he had for for K.J. Costello in Mississippi State, really the, 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 the plan he's had in about every game against the quarterbacks he's faced. Now he goes against Kellen Mond down in College Station, That game normally played at Jerry's World, Arkansas alum Jerry Jones, but this year it is on campus. There's already a battle about where it will be next year. Uh, Ross Bjork at A&M says it's going to go right back to Jerry's World. Arkansas wants it on campus, but this year it's at College Station, at Kyle Field, first time for Arkansas to go there since Johnny Manziel really blasted them in 2012. Give me Arkansas in the 12-and-a-half to stay really close to Kellen Mond and A&M I like Jimbo Fisher, but I don't love him. And the same for Kellen Mond, I think Barry Odom comes up with yet another plan to really stymie Texas A&M.
0: Yeah, they're no longer laughing at Sam Pittman as the coaching hire because Arkansas is winning games, which they haven't been doing. T.C. Martin, do you have a college underdog that you like for Three Dog Thursday?
3: Actually, TJ, I've, I've got more than one. Actually, I've got three that I've kind of zoomed in on. Give me one actually, that you love. Give and and me actually one you four love. because I like Brett's uh, uh, pick with yep. the, the hog, Suey Pig, as well, too. I was looking at them. Uh, again, pretty equal. I'm just going to give you all three however you want. And you can put it however you want. But uh, I'm a little bit leery about the Big Ten. I, I stayed away from the Big Ten last week. But there are actually two games that I do like in the Big Ten. And I like uh, the Illini at home against Purdue. Uh, as we know, Jeff Brom uh, you know, has, has been out. Um, you know, with with COVID situation, that sort of thing. And, and they still won last week. And Illinois uh, went up to Wisconsin and they got beat. But, you know, Lovey Smith still likes this team. And there are some weapons here. And Illinois beat Purdue down uh, last year. I believe it was 24 to 6. I think there's a good spot for the Illini at home, be it hardly any fans whatsoever. But I think these two teams are evenly matched. And I think the Illini are going to be able to move the ball. So I do like the Illini. Uh, staying in that Big Ten, I do like Penn State. Uh, I know that uh, you know a lot of people are all over this Ohio State bandwagon, but um, I think Penn State has almost as equal talent to Ohio state and they 're getting eleven and a half at home. I understand the home field really does not mean as much because you 're not going to have a hundred thousand you know uh, people there wearing the white shirts, but right. uh, I, I, I do like eleven and a half. I think uh, Penn State will bounce back. Penn State was phenomenal last week on third down conversions over fifty percent that 's a big stat that I always look at. And, uh, again, real quick, I'm just going to throw another one in there. Uh, it's not much of a dog, but I like Baylor over TCU. I'm not uh, a TCU fan in any way. My namesake, uh, quarterback, <laughs> quarterback issues. And uh, I think Baylor bounces back. So, sorry to give you not one, not two, but three of those, two, Hey, Jake. we'll take, take them take, all. Take, take T- it and run, my friend. TC, this- I, lo- I love your
1: third down stat. I, I go to that uh, all the time, too, because a team that converts them, that is the equivalent of methane gas coming yes. in under the door. You're dead before you know it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i love that analogy all right so three underdogs from tc in college football tc i don't know if you had an nfl uh, doggie that you liked as well are you giving out another one out of vegas uh, give, me, yeah, give me an nfl I'll, I'll underdog give, real I'll quick Give
3: one and this may be a little shocker to some people as well too but knowing this rivalry and know uh, know how close they play and they've already met in week number one i'm gonna take the vikings uh, at plus seven against the packers in this game and I know the Vikings are 1-5. They had that bye week. They desperately needed this bye week. I think they're going to come out and play the Packers tough. They normally do, especially at Lambeau. Uh, again, uh, you know the Packers coming off a great performance against Houston. And again, that was circled uh, for me. Uh, I was on the Packers last week knew it was going to be a good spot because Aaron Rodgers and the Packers usually bounce back very nicely after humiliating losses, which we saw two weeks ago, to your Buccaneers, TJ. Yep. But I think uh, this is going to be a closely – uh, Battled contest at empty lambo i will take the vikes plus seven
0: what, real quick i got about 30 seconds on this answer uh, the browns we see it right here on the screen if you're watching us on youtube hosting the raiders who come back east they lost when they came east against new england they had a tough defeat with the bucks yet the raiders are the road favorite i know no odell beckham with the knee injury out for the year for cleveland what tc do you have an opinion real quick on that vegas raiders favorite on the road I really don't. Uh, th- okay.
3: th- these are two teams you just can't trust, and I will be far, far away from this
0: game. <laughs> All right, stay away, and he's in the, he's in the Vegas angle out there out west. All right, one more time. Love these guys again. You're hearing the voice of TC Martin. Follow him at TC Martin twenty one on Twitter. You see it. Behind his head there, the T.C. Martin Show, five days a week in Vegas, tcmartinshow.com, expanding to two hours. uh, What is that? uh, Five to seven Eastern time, two to four Pacific time. I have that correct. Weekday afternoon starting Monday. They can't get enough of you, babe. You're going to be on two more, two hours, uh, five days a week, starting next week, right? I
3: kind of feel like I'm getting back to home because – I haven't done a one-hour show like in my lifetime until I came back to Vegas, but with time constraints and schedules right. and all that sort. So, yeah, it's been a long time coming. Great. So, so finally getting they love back him. To, they, to that two-hour thing. Inst- where, yeah, so it's going to be good. And, uh, like I said, just uh, yeah, tune in when you can, uh, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time, tcmartinshow.com. And
0: catch the Brett Norsworthy. Brett, thanks for being on. You and Molo do a great job five days a week in Memphis. You, I always you. love chatting with you, brother.
3: And thank I thought you. I would get a Memphis Tiger pick because I
0: – wanted to throw the
3: Tigers in there against Cincy I, I this week. I, yeah. I, I think I kind of like Brett Cincinnati in that one. I think Luke yes. Pickle maybe,
1: maybe, yeah. maybe puts one on the Tigers.
3: Maybe.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll see what happens. And that's a rematch because Memphis beat them twice last Double year. Double revenge. Exactly. Double revenge for Cincinnati. Guys, Good great call. job with Brett Norsworthy and T.C. Martin. The podcast continues with Brian Edwards coming up for the audio podcast here on Free Dog Thursday. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yes, he is back in to talk some more NFL from majorwager.com, Vegas Insider, and also Brian Edwards Sports.com. Senior handicapper Brian Edwards, who continues to succeed in the NFL overall, not just underdogs, but favorites, uh, as well as uh, the under over totals in the National Football League. On this show last week, you had the Pittsburgh Steelers and their latest win over the Tennessee Titans had to hang on to do it, obviously, but it doesn't matter how. It just matters, did you, and they did last week. So congrats, Brian, as we bring you back in to talk some pro football. Steelers continue to look good and made you look good. And overall, what else did you have last week while we're while we're propping you up right now for NFL picks? Yeah, so I had
2: my other winners. Um, I ate the chalk with KC, At Denver in the late slot, Uh, I figured Green Bay would bounce back after they burnt me when your Bucs kicked their butt, and they did bounce back nicely at Houston. And I had Carolina as a dog, and wow, what a a wild end to that for those that didn't see it. Nearly the NFL record 65-yard field goal, and and they got sacked on the play before, and it would have been good from 64. Uh, Lost on Buffalo against the Jets and lost on the Falcons' heartbreaker. Uh, Four and two Sunday, five and two if you count the Giants winner on Thursday.
0: You did. You did very well on those and and you disagreed with me and rightfully so on the Chiefs. I, again, as I did earlier in the show, apologize here to the Three Dog Thursday audience. I need to be better. Denver needed to be better. I mean, that that game was in their elements, in the snow, in the cold. uh, And the Chiefs played a complete game with the pick six late in the first half of Drew Locke, the kickoff return for the touchdown. It wasn't just Mahomes and the pass offense. So give the Chiefs a lot of credit uh, on that from last week. And how about Tom? Brady and the Buccaneers. We haven't talked a lot here on Three Dog Thursday about how he looked, silencing all all doubters about that 43-year-old arm. I know we have a long way to go, including a postseason, but anybody questioning whether he can put that ball in spots, Brian Edwards, throw it with touch down the field, throw it long Uh, He was erasing doubts again in Las Vegas in the history-making game, first-ever Buccaneer game in Las Vegas at that new stadium. The Raiders won't soon forget it. The Buck fans aren't ever going to forget Tom Brady showing up and clobbering the Raiders in Vegas. So that was a great performance uh, as well. There's no doubt uh, about that. Um, All right, so let's get to the games for this weekend. And where would you like to begin with an underdog, sir?
2: Well, you know, I was all over the Steelers, you know, during the pandemic in the summer, talking about over nine and a half on the win total, plus 350 to win the AFC uh, North. And they can take a, a commanding AFC North lead with an outright win here, plus three and a half or four at Baltimore. And they're going to, uh, I'm on them plus four for, or, Three and a half or four is what it is here late Wednesday. And uh, for money management purposes, obviously take it for much a larger amount, uh, catching more than a field goal, but definitely get some plus 175 money line as well. I'm pretty sure I've bet on Pittsburgh every week this year. The only non-cover was that Denver home game uh, when when Denver got a backdoor cover with a late – uh, touchdown and uh, I, sometimes I, I ride a hot streak one week too long uh, but I, I don't think I'm riding it one week too long here I'm sticking with the red hot Steelers who've been doing me right and I think they'll do me right again at Baltimore uh, Pittsburgh's nasty
0: well and they they had a great first half with a big lead on Tennessee and then let Tennessee roar back on them before the Goskowski miss um, I think I'm going to join in with you. I've looked over the card, and I'm just not in love with an, with another underdog as much as what Pittsburgh seems to be here with Baltimore. And I know Baltimore's got Lamar Jackson. He struggled a bit, uh, throwing it some here and there. Um, obviously, when they played Kansas City, the Chiefs handled them earlier in the year. Let's see what happens here. i got to be proven a little more by the Ravens. I'll take the Steelers with you. And that's an early game, an early CBS game at one Eastern time on Sunday. I was I was tempted uh as well to look at the Cincinnati Bengals, and I thought you might go there. They just they have offensive line injuries. Tennessee is angry after losing last week with Derrick Henry running it. I, I think this is uh this is Titans. Uh, there against the Bengals, who you you've rolled with them several times. I just I don't like the spot at, at plus five and a half here at home, uh, getting an angry Tennessee team, Ryan. Uh,
2: I, if I had to pick it, I, I lean Cincy. Uh, you know, it's still midweek, and we got a long way till Sunday. If the line creeps up and gets to seven. Uh, I may play Cincy, you know, they've got one start, and first off, their O-line sucks to begin with, but they've got (laughs) one starter uh, that's out on the O-line this week. They've got two other starters that are questionable. You know, if this line were to get to six and a half or seven and those two questionable guys get upgraded, uh, I may play Cincy. I mean, look, they're five and two against the spread officially, but as I've explained a few times, I had them plus three and a half in week one, cause I got a good number early in the week. So now I haven't backed them the last two weeks since they, and they covered both times. Now lucky, obviously with the missed PAT last week, but uh, since that Baltimore loss and I got beat with them, but before that it was four and backing them. And I've laid off them here the last couple weeks. Um, and I'm going to have to have those O-line uh, guys get upgraded and that number get to seven to take them this week. But I, I, Look, Joe Burrow's the man, and uh, he—he'll he, keep him in it, I think, and. Uh We'll
0: see. Looked like they were going to beat the Browns, but the defense couldn't stop them last week. They gave a lot of interesting early 1 o'clock games. That's a 1 o'clock game as well, as well as the Rams coming off Monday night football, having to go all the way east again, which they've done a couple of times this season, including recently winning in, in Buffalo in the Eastern time zone. Got to come play an early game on their body clock on a short week at Miami, who's off a bye week. And Miami's getting points at home. I just, it's this first start for Tua, uh, the Alabama rookie quarterback, the first-round pick. And I am leery that that it could go wrong here. Uh, I think there's a really good chance it could go wrong. And I get a feeling that you want to spar with me on this, that you don't think it's likely yeah. that it does go wrong for Tua and the, and the Dolphins.
2: Well, I, I don't spar with your general premise of fading a rookie quarterback making his first career start. I, in fact, I'm normally – on that train but uh, in terms of a a talent like a Joe Burrow Burrow or a a Tua I I think you kind of throw that out the window and and I'm more of a guy that likes to fade that rookie making his first career road start and this one will be at home and it will be against the Rams flying cross country after playing a a Monday night game on on a short week and Miami is is obviously playing well Uh, I mean they they, they've absolutely assassinate the the 49ers <laughs> on the road and right. then they you know they did what everybody's been doing to the Jets for the most part but I mean they got a good vibe going now that they've won back-to-back they they've got two weeks off uh, uh, you know preparation and they catch the Rams on a short week and just I don't know that the rookie QB rules a- apply to elite talents like Tua and Joe Burrow I lean Dolphins I'm not going to say for sure that it'll be one of my plays, but I lean that way.
0: All right. Uh, Interesting uh, that there are two massive spreads. That's Kansas City early as a a 19-and-a-half point favorite with the hapless Jets. It's a matter of how much do Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes want to put on that Jets team that was in the game for a little while with Buffalo doing some things defensively. This ain't Buffalo, and it's at Kansas City. And my Buccaneers all the way to Monday night football, depending on when you're hearing us in the weekend on Three Dog Thursday. The Buccaneers an eleven a ten and a half or an eleven point favorite at the Giants Monday night off the Bucks' big win over the Raiders last week and the and the Giants obviously struggling mightily uh, this season so there you go with two huge spreads uh, in that one uh, that's for sure by the way we need to make mention the Sunday night game last week with Seattle and. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. What a wild finish. And did you hear about the three contestants in the Fox uh, prediction contest to pick the six games against Terry Bradshaw or and or Howie Long? Did you hear about the three contestants that were all set up to potentially each win a million dollars, Brian Edwards, uh, when you're talking about a lot to lose? They all had Seattle. They all needed Seattle to simply win the game, and the Seahawks couldn't pull uh-huh. it out, letting Arizona kick a field goal, drive down and kick a field goal in the final seconds with no timeouts left to force overtime. And then the Cardinals very benevolently miss the overtime field goal, give Seattle the opportunity to go to the other end and win. Again, these three contestants had already picked five games correctly and needed to outpick Bradshaw, needed only to have Seattle win the game. A tie didn't help them and then Russell Wilson throws the interception and then and then Arizona goes ahead and kicks the field goal anyway to beat him in overtime three contestants lost a million dollars each on the Arizona comeback in that contest wow. wow so tough you you thought it was tough if you were a Seahawks fan how about those three people dealing with that loss wow. the other night wow Wow is right uh, for sure on that. All right. So there we go. A little NFL conversation. Brian, you've been rolling in the National Football League. We talked college football way back at the beginning part of the podcast. Tell them more about where they get your great information, your picks, and, and much more, not just underdogs, through your stuff. Plug away.
2: Yeah, you can uh, check out, you can purchase my picks at uh, Edwardsports.com or vegasinsider.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vegas. Uh, B Edwards, and if you're interested in the Giants on Monday night against TJ's Bucks, I would hold off, uh, even though the Giants have been covering numbers, and I've had them several times recently. I think the public will be all over the Bucks, and I can see that number. You know getting in the 12-ish range, so if you like the Giants, I would hold off
0: no yeah, rush wait wait to, take, to make uh, wait down. to make your wager there on that the The only thing is uh this isn't lawrence taylor and uh and and the uh Bill Parcell's New York Giants' defense <laughs> no. against Brady and company uh and we'll we'll see what happens with them trying to stop the uh, the Buccaneer passing attack in particular in this Monday night game at the Meadowlands with no fans. All right, Brian, great stuff. Thank you, as always, my friend, for hanging with me, for making the picks. Good luck with the underdogs in particular in this segment, the Steelers as your NFL underdog going back to them and then going back in the college prognostications. You loved Boston College, you loved uh, Arkansas uh, in the matchup with Texas A&M, and you even agreed with me on Kansas State, West Virginia. Lots of doggies flying around from Brian Edwards on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you, my friend.
2: Have a great weekend, TJ, my man. Enjoyed it.
0: There we go. That will do it on this edition of Three Dog Thursday. My thanks also to Brett Norsworthy and T.C. Martin hanging with me on the roundtable. Find that on YouTube to see what we look like. We're done for now here on this edition of the podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, however you found us through SportsGamblingPodcast.com and their network of shows. Subscribe, rate us, and review us. We always love that. I'm merely T.J. Reeves. Good luck with your underdogs on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.
1: And if you want to grab a snack, grab a farm-rich
3: snack. Hmm, something about that song just makes me hungry. Well, any requests? Oh, how about some mozzarella sticks instead? Folks, it's time for me to grab a snack. Feel free to do the same. You can find Farm Rich in the freezer aisle or online. This next one
0: goes out to all the cheese lovers out there.